Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Shop, click, drive at robertsrobinson.com. So everybody always wants a white Christmas. Here you go. It is all yours. There will be plenty of snow on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day all over the ground, all throughout the Midwest, all throughout the country. What an unbelievable storm that's taking place that is going to just wreak havoc on football games this weekend that are not played indoors, not just in Kansas City where it will just be unbearable conditions at Arrowhead Stadium for the Chiefs and Seahawks. Much more on that coming up later in this podcast when we get to the sports, but it's so amazing. Everybody always wants a white Christmas, but what I've learned is when it snows, most of the time when it snows, it's not that peaceful, big flakes falling down, couple of inches, 28 degrees, no wind. I feel like every time it snows, and it's not all that often, but when it does, it's just an absolute nightmare. And here we go. Airports closed, thousands of flights canceled, people traveling for the holidays. This couldn't be worse. I hope you're not caught up in it. If you are, if you're stuck in an airport right now or you're listening uh, somewhere as you're delayed or pulled over on the side of the road or checked into a place where you're spending the night and didn't think you were spending the night, thanks for joining us. Hope your holidays are safe and warm and with those that you love. This is a uh, this is an ugly storm. This is no good. I am thinking about rain and not snow because I feel like the president of Ukraine came and rained on our parade on Wednesday in Washington, D.C., and I didn't really know how, uh, I guess, prophetic my podcast was on Wednesday about Zelensky's trip to D.C. being insulting. I knew this was going to be insulting. I had no idea it would be as insulting as it was. This was, in my estimation, among all the embarrassments, among all the terrible things the Biden administration has done in two years, this was as low as they can go. This is as bad as it gets. This man couldn't even put a jacket and tie on to go address the United States House of Representatives or to sit with the president at the White House. This guy, what kind of an egomaniac is Zelensky that he now has, what, a uniform, a character, a brand? This is a man with a brand. This is no different than an athlete that creates his own logo and creates a brand and says, this is who and what I am. This is how I dress. This is what I look like. He's a character. We knew he came from show business in the Ukraine, and now he's carried this too far. This is, this is insulting. I'm sorry. You're in the United States of America. We've given you over $100 billion now with what's in the omnibus bill. Biden announced another almost $2 billion yesterday, just loose cash laying around. And this guy comes as a movie character, a cartoon character. This thing was insulting. Somebody said he looked like a frat boy. I'm like, no, he didn't look like a frat boy. Frat boys look better than that. A frat boy sometimes can put a, a nice sweater on and maybe even a, a dress shirt or a tie underneath it. He didn't look like a frat boy to me at all. I'm not sure what he looked like, but I can't identify with it. He kind of looked like a thug, to be honest. I mean, that's the word we like to use. He looked like a thug. He looked like some third world country militant leader that we always make fun of. When we see people like this that are, and I'll say it, because Zelensky clearly is white. When we see somebody in a, a, a Latin country that wears a semi-military clothing, but not really 
a Fidel Castro, somebody in Venezuela or something like that. We look at them and think of them as third world thugs, dictators. He's, he's acting and dressing like a dictator because he is. He doesn't have to run for re-election. He's squashed all his political opponents. He's jailed them. There are no free and fair elections in Ukraine. This is, I don't even know, it's not even socialist, I don't think. I, I think he's basically Putin. He's going to be a dictator, and he's, he's driving his country over the cliff. And we'll get quickly past what happened in America yesterday because I spent time on that yesterday. But, you know, the troublesome here is there's $45 billion more in the omnibus bill. Biden gave up another $1.85 billion yesterday out of nowhere. Biden said in his speech there's never been anything like this invasion since World War II, which isn't true because Russia did this in Crimea and Ukraine in 2014 when Biden was the vice president. So Biden doesn't even remember back eight years. None of this is surprising. But there's this man dressed in his army fatigue-looking things handing an autographed flag to Nancy Pelosi in the House of Representatives? This is insane. The famous quote from Zelensky here on our soil is, quote, your money is not charity, unquote. Well, what the hell is it? If it's not charity, who's getting rich? Where does it go? They're not winning this war, despite what you keep hearing over and over and over. This war is not being won by the Ukraine. That's where I'm headed next. This from the American Conservative, which is a great website. They cite quotes from the European Commission president and news reports from Newsweek, Washington Post, and CNN, all liberal, far-left media outlets. Here are the facts in Ukraine for our over $100 billion to this point. And keep in mind, as this blizzard's happening, imagine how cold and crappy it's going to get in Ukraine the next three months or four months. 20,000 Ukrainian civilians are dead. 100,000 military are dead. This from the European Commission president. It was quickly deleted from the speech from this person and scrubbed from the website. No explanation why this was taken down. None. Zero. This was somebody in the European Commission saying the hard part out loud that the Biden administration does not want you to know that Zelensky doesn't want you to know, that nobody wants any of it. The whole world is working against Vladimir Putin. And if Putin says something, when the whole world says, oh, he's a liar, it's propaganda, it's misinformation, disinformation, here's the truth. People are believing what we say and what the Ukraine says. And for the first time in my life in this country, I do not believe my government. What they're telling me about this, well, I don't believe any of it. Zero. I don't believe them. They're liars. I believe these reports. I believe the European Commission president who says 120,000 Ukrainians are dead. It was quickly deleted by the war machine. That number, by the way, is 10 times as many people as Zelensky has told the world have died in Ukraine. The Eastern Front, where this is mostly taking place, it's now World War I trench warfare this winter. That's what's being fought. They're fighting a war in a style that was done 100 years ago because nobody wants to use the big weapons. So it is brutal conditions for these soldiers on both sides, digging in and fighting, not hand-to-hand combat, but very close to it, firing mortars and shells and missiles and rockets at each other instead of the big weapons. World War I-style trench warfare all winter long. Russia believes they'll win doing that. 
I don't know why. I'm not a military expert. I don't know why. Again, these are all from news reports. These are facts from news reports. Ukraine has lost 20% of its territory and 22% of its farmland. It's gone. They don't have control of any of that. 14 million Ukrainians have moved or are refugees at this point. 30% of the power stations in the Ukraine are destroyed and out. 80% of Kiev is without water. 70% of Kiev is without power. 48% of the entire country has no power. The GDP of the Ukraine is down 35%. Inflation is 30%. $23 billion of lost agriculture has happened. $127 billion worth of buildings and destruction. And Zelensky says he wants $700 billion more in addition to the over $100 million the United States has given him and smaller billions that the Europeans have kicked in. This is insanity. This war is being lost. It's being pitched to everyone as something it's not. They need to get to the table and negotiate this out. We need the American taxpayers out of this. There is nothing in this war for us. And the fact that our politicians in Washington, D.C. make money off Ukraine and don't make it in Russia, they've gone against, they're, they're against Russia now. We've, we are, the left in this country has firmly turned against Russia and said we can make money in Ukraine, but we can't make it in Russia because we're anti-Putin because that sells with the American people. See, people in this country know that the liberal left don't like America. They've learned that. But a lot of voters don't care. They still want to vote for the free stuff. So they know that and they don't care. So this is the way for the Democrats to step up and wave a flag and say, see, we love America too because we hate Putin. They would rather say we hate Putin than we love America. That's what they'd rather do. And so this is all about I'm telling you, this is all about dragging this through the presidential election all the way to 2024. We can't change hands now. Our policy in Ukraine, we got to stand united with them. For what reason? Nobody has given a reason why we are there other than we hate Putin. Not one. I haven't heard one reason. I have not heard one thing in the interest of the United States of America. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. And here's the problem. Is our president being blackmailed? Because if he cuts off the spigot of cash, Zelensky could go public with all the things the Bidens have done with Ukraine to enrich themselves. Could, they, could he not? I know this. If Trump were president, this war wouldn't be happening. And even if it did happen, which it didn't, remember, Putin went in in 2014. Then Trump became president and he stopped. Then Trump wasn't president. Biden's in. He goes back in for more. Now I'm going to Ukraine. This is, it's obvious to see what's happened here. But even if Putin did that, Trump would be cutting this thing off or negotiating it out. Why can't we have an election in Ukraine and let the people decide if they want to be part of Russia or Ukraine? This is disputed. This is not, there is no science. There is no fact. There is no legitimate polling. But what if the, you know, the European Union or somebody went in and ran the election? and have some Russian oversight? What if they ran a free election in this 20% of the Ukraine, the territory that's gone? He doesn't really want the whole country, or at least that's not what he stated. He thinks a chunk of Ukraine belongs back to Mother Russia. That's what he believes. If that's the case, maybe, and there are a lot of people that believe this, maybe the people that live in that region want to be part of Russia too. 
you can make a very strong argument for that 20% of Ukraine that they'd be better off as part of Russia. And those people know it. And their families and their histories and their traditions have to do with Mother Russia or the Soviet Union, which this was all part of. This is way too complicated and has absolutely nothing to do with us. And this ridiculous argument that, oh, he won't stop there. He'll take over all of Europe. He ain't taken over all of Europe. If, he, if, if Russia has learned one thing this year, it's that they have no ability to take over Europe or go try to do what Hitler did and take the world over. They have no ability to do that. Zero. None. If you can't see that in this conflict, then Putin's just flat out crazy. That, the world would squash Russia in a hurry. China would sit it out. They'd have nothing to do with it. They'd sit it out because they sort of support Russia, but they, they wouldn't get involved in taking over Europe. They're not that. China loves preserving what China is. There's a few little regions around China that are not under their control that they'd like to have under their control, but they really don't want to rule the world physically. They don't want to govern the world. They'd like to be the number one economic power. They'd like to influence everything we do. They want influence over our society in so many ways, whether it be TikTok, whether it be the money they've lent us, whether it be you know, being in charge of all our supply chain, computer chips. I mean, they've found all kinds of ways to stymie the United States. They're into that. But they really don't want to come here and take it over and make this the Communist Party of the USA. They're not, that's not really what their regime change is not what China's in it for. And I don't think Russia is either. And I think there's just enough history in this world to know that regime change or taking over the world and making it one powerful government isn't going to work. This global alliance is the real danger. Globalism is a danger. And the reason we're in the Ukraine, the reason all this is going on is we have all these globalists running all these socialist countries like the United States of America that want to support this country for no reason other than Putin's not one of the globalist socialists. So they don't like him. I mean, if you were going to describe Vladimir Putin, I guess the description would be he is far, far, far right. A far, far, far right dictator is basically what he is. I think that's the way to say it. Their economy is booming. Mother Russia is doing great throughout this war, except for the dead bodies, which is his problem. And I'm sure he's lying to his people about how many they are. There's all kinds of tragedy involved here for Russian soldiers, no question. But there aren't buildings getting burned down or, or destroyed in Russia. Their economy is doing great. Their inflation is far less than ours. They have no supply chain issues. They have all the food, water, supplies, power, oil, gas, everything that they need. They don't have half the problems we have right now. So his people aren't breathing down his neck. It's not bad in Russia right now. It's bad in Ukraine. And here comes Zelensky dressed like some Hollywood character, some militant third world thug standing in front of our House of Representatives, not dressed properly. This is not difficult, by the way. You tell him you're visiting, we'll have a suit and a tie for you. It'll be waiting for you when you land. We'll, we'll put somebody on your airplane before you come off. If you don't have a suit in Ukraine, if all that stuff's gone and burned and whatever, if you don't have it, we'll provide one for you. Give us your measurements. We'll have you dressed to the nines. But you don't stand in front of our Congress and give the House of Representatives speaker a, an autographed flag while you're wearing your third world country thug uniform. You look pathetic. Man, I loved this guy in the beginning. 
I thought, wow, what a, what a real hero. He's out in the streets. They're going to get him. I thought Russia would take him out. It is amazing they haven't. To me, it's amazing they've not been able to take Zelensky out. Maybe that's not what it's about. Maybe for Putin, it's about surrender and having Zelensky be one of his puppets because God knows Zelensky is more than happy to be other people's puppets. As long as he can be the dictator in Ukraine, he's happy to do whatever Joe Biden says. These numbers are bad. This looks bad for Ukraine. This war looks bad for Ukraine, and it looks like something we could just be involved in forever. There's a lot of job ones for our new Congress, new House of Representatives in a couple of weeks. There's a lot of job ones. The border is job one. Job 1A, 1B is cut the funding off to Ukraine. Whatever happens, happens. Let's get to the negotiating table. I don't think Putin wants the entire country. If he wants 20% of it, give it to him. Draw new lines, be done with it, and let's move on. KKHI is brought to you by Jocelyn's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch. Yeah, the weather's crappy, but you still have three days to buy at Jocelyn's Jewelry before the holidays. They're open on Saturday. That'll be a big day. That's New Year's Eve. You can get out there. Friday afternoon should be okay. The snow will be gone. It's going to be bitter cold. The parking right close to the door at Jocelyn's is very good. It's the jeweler you'll recommend to your friends and family. 95th and Antioch in Overland Park. Same thing with bstock.net. They have just tremendous bargains for the holidays, folks. I mean, the, the laptops and computers they have, this is ridiculous. If you need a new machine, they have hundreds in stock, dozens of different styles. The Lenovo ThinkPad L14 is 1165 online at insight.com. At bstock.com, it's half price, $599. Mention KKHI. The only place that anybody knows about that deal is right here at KKHI. Lenovo ThinkPad L14. This is an awesome machine for just $599. They've also got the Samsung Q70 QLED, $999 at Best Buy, $699 at B-Stock, 14680 South Flaming Road. And the Finch Knife Company, a couple of places to buy locally. You can get them at Teague Tractor in Belton. You can get them at Shields in Overland Park and get them at the Bullet Hole. You can always buy them online, finchknifeco.com. With shipping and delays, it's probably not, it's going to be hard to get something arriving by Christmas now. But there are three locations there to go get them in person for the Finch Knife Company. Keep life from getting dull. Shields in Overland Park, the Bullet Hole in Mission or Overland Park, and Teague Tractor in Belton. All right, enough of the heavy news. Let's have some fun the rest of the way. I say fun, but boy, there's a bad element to this story too, so I got to be careful. Some of you will be not offended. You'll be touched by this in a negative way or affected by this, but this is a this is one of those stories, and it's got a, a slight connection to Kansas City. A couple, the Thomases, I think was their name. I didn't write their names down. They're, they're moving. They're a happy couple. They live in London. They've decided London is not for them. They're moving to Nashville because who isn't moving to Nashville? So the couple's moving from London to Nashville. They fly on British Airways. Nonstop flight. It's good stuff. Nashville's got some big flights, right? Nonstop flight, London to Nashville on British Airways. And they land in Nashville after the eight-hour flight or whatever it is. And they go to get their five-year-old Labrador retriever, Bluebell, from under the plane, who's been flying with them. They're moving. That's it. They're done. They're done in London. They're not traveling. They're moving. And the dog isn't there. And they're like, wait a second. What? Where is our dog? Our five-year-old lab, our love, Bluebell, where is she? 
It takes them a while, but they go through the trackers and they find out Bluebell is in Saudi Arabia. Was placed on the wrong plane in London. Three days, three flights, all kinds of confusion with British Airways. And Bluebell finally makes it to Nashville. The couple go to the airport to get their dog. The dog mom says, we were expecting one of those awesome YouTube-style videos where we open up the kennel and Bluebell comes running into our arms and are licking our faces. And they open the kennel and Bluebell runs and she runs from everyone. She sees mom and dad. She's been with them for five years, folks. She runs from them. She wants no part of them. This dog is so freaked out and traumatized over what's just happened, she doesn't know what to do. They got her. They got a leash on her. I'm not sure why they didn't just leash her out of the kennel, but they didn't, and she ran. It wasn't too big of an area. It was easy to catch her. It wasn't like they were outside, and she ran eight miles or something like that. They say their dog is still traumatized. They want damages from British Airways. I don't believe so. That's not, I, I am not in favor of that. I'm sorry. I put my dog in a crate under an airplane. If that's what I do, I know there's a chance that a bag can get lost. You can definitely lose a dog. It can happen. Plus, I'm not sure I'd do that to my dog. There might be a better way to move them. There's got to be a ship or something that would be better that we could go on together. I don't know how that would work. Would have been nice if you could buy a ticket for your dog and have your dog fly with you. That'd be really cool. They don't allow that very much. They do it with little dogs, but not a Labrador. Dog's going to be fine, I think. I, you know, We've been around dogs our whole life. I think if the dog is having a hard time right now, that it's not going to take very long for the dog to acclimate to the new home in Nashville, understand the new normal, forget about what happened, and be just fine. I, I believe in that. I believe dogs are resilient. I believe that. So I don't believe British Airways owes them. They want around $10,000 for costs that they've incurred and things of that nature. Look, the airline was responsible for getting the dog back to them, and they did that. In 2018, United Airlines had a couple moving from Oregon to Kansas City. Portland, I believe. They get on their airplane with their dog in Portland. Not sure why you don't just load up the truck in the U-Haul and drive from Oregon to Kansas City, but they didn't. And that dog flew to Japan. And the family arrived in Kansas City. And there was no dog. United Airlines did something remarkable in 2018. And I... I can't say that I know what else was involved in this because I don't think it was like some little Learjet for six people and somebody got on a Learjet and flew from Tokyo to Kansas City with this dog, but it was a private plane. It was a private flight. And it went from not it went from Japan to Kansas City, nonstop, private flight. They returned the dog very quickly on this private flight. Now, I don't know who else was on there. Maybe there were some airline executives or, you know, some VIPs or somebody like that that they were able to put on there as well. I find it hard to believe they just put a dog on an airplane. Somebody had to fly with the dog. So I don't, it, it sounds like they just, you know, rock starred up and put the dog on there. But I'm guessing it was more than that. And it could have even been a big jet. It could have been a big jet that came over from Japan that they were moving back over here for service or something of that nature. Or who, who knows what it could have been. But that was a private flight, not a commercial flight. And they brought that dog back to United Airlines very quickly for the people here in Kansas City that had moved from Oregon to Kansas City. Lesson learned, be careful flying your dog. We 
have our little Cabos, the first dog that we've ever had that is a small dog. Now, he's 23 pounds. The requirement usually is 20 or something like that. But he can easily fit and get under a seat. He's remarkable. We fly with him. We'll get, we get like a third ticket, like we have a child. And you get on Southwest or something, there's your middle seat. You get right up on there. He's fine. They're not going to say anything. It's all good. So we treat him like one of our own. Jessica would never allow him in a crate underneath the airplane. There's just no way. No, 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 no. And then and you start making connections or if they don't get them on right. Oh, mercy me. Oh, my. This is not some bag that a Biden administration official could steal from a carousel. This is your dog. It's a member of your family. No chance. No chance Cabo's ever going under the airplane. That is not happening in our world. It can happen. They always get the dog back. They never really lose them. They always get them back. But uh, I feel bad for that family. But you know what? That Bluebell has five years of love and life with that couple, and they're going to like it in Nashville, and Bluebell's going to love the summers and the better weather than London and the open spaces. Bluebell's going to be one happy lad living in Tennessee. I can promise you that. That's the case. Bluebell is going to be just fine in time. Your roof is taking a beating with this blizzard. We got high winds, ice, snow, you name it. The worst thing that happens to roof, a lot of people think it's the rain and the spring and the winds and stuff, is called ice damming. This stuff gets up under your shingles and it expands as it gets colder and it just basically cracks and breaks shingles. Ice damming is the worst thing for your roof. When this is over, if you've got an older roof, you might want to have Ron Buck and his team out to take a look. Next week, it's supposed to be back in the 50s. Might be a good time to look at your roof and see if it's going to stand up to this winter weather. 913-384-2680. It's absolutely free to have Ron and his team to come out and take a look. If you have storm damage from this thing, call him anytime, 24-7. If you have any problem and the water starts coming in as the weather warms up here next week, if it starts dripping into your house, call Ron immediately. He'll send his emergency team out. They do that 24-7. So you can sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. North Kansas City Dental, online at nkcdental.com. You're stuck in the home in the blizzard? Good time to make an appointment for January February and get your regular teeth cleaning and your checkup from a dentist. It's been a while for you. If you're like me, you don't go every six months, right? Uh, you want a new dentist? This is it. Even if you don't want a new dentist, he's your guy. Dr. Bill Bush is unbelievable. He's not just Patrick Mahomes' dentist. And Chiefs players, Dennis, he's a great, patriotic, conservative American. You're going to love this man. Dr. Bill Bush, nkcdental.com. And back nine development, Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, Manhattan. If 2023 is the year for you to build something special, whether it's a room addition, a new home, whether you have a commercial development project you're interested in, back nine would love to be your partner. Gather up your investors, bring them in, say, here's what we want to do. Back Nine can put the whole deal together for you and take over all of it from the design, the engineering, the construction, start to finish. No project too big or too small for Back Nine development. They just build cool stuff. You want to see what Back Nine does? Go to their website, backninedevelopment.com. All right, on to sports. And this is going to be absolutely amazing Saturday at Arrowhead. I mean, it would be crazier today. It would be in this wind, in this snow. This is just going to be bitter cold on Saturday. The snow will be over. They'll clear the field. It will look fairly normal on TV, but this will be the coldest game these Chiefs players have played. There's a lot of talk this week that 
Patrick Mahomes is going to wear the neck warmer, but he's not really a big thing about putting things on his hands, so he's probably not going to wear gloves or do whatever. All the players are saying, the veteran players are saying, look, this is really simple. The single most important thing in a game like this is to keep your hands warm. Do not let them be exposed to the wind in the air any more than they have to. When you're not playing, keep them warm, sit on the hot bench, do all the things that you do. Remember, the players are much warmer than the fans. Much warmer. It's not even close. Fans are sitting still in plastic seats with their feet on the ice and snow. It's not close. The players are warmer. They get warmed up every time they come off the field, and when they play, they're sweating and running and keeping warm. Players are much warmer, much warmer than fans. So keep that in mind as you're watching this. But there's a lot of chatter that the Chiefs are a really young team this year, and they are. Chiefs are very young. We mentioned Patrick Mahomes has what? Two? He has two teammates or three teammates left from the first year he started. Are they, it's Kelsey, Chris Jones, and the punter? Are the only three teammates he had his first year as a starter? Or the kicker? Who's been here longer? Kicker's been here longer. Maybe that's it. So that's it. The other 49 guys on the roster are all new since Mahomes became the starting quarterback, and many of those are just really young players because the Chiefs, in order to pay a quarterback what they pay, have to have young players who play for little money. There are all kinds of players this week commenting that they've never played in anything like this. Andy Reid is not taking them outdoors to practice in it. Guy's coached a long time. I'm not going to second-guess him. He says their minds wander. If you take them out in this, their minds start to wander because they know it's only practice. It's hard to keep them focused on the task at hand, and that is learning the plays and the game plan for this week's game. But what he's done with the practice facility is a pretty good idea. They have giant, uh, we call them elephant tunnel doors in one end, so you can bring machinery in and things like that. And then there's doors all the way around the indoor facility. They've turned off the heat, and they've opened all the doors. They're basically trying to turn it into a barn. So if it's 10 degrees outside, in the indoor facility, it may be 20 degrees in there, 25. And they, they got to be very careful about not bursting pipes and things like that. But I think in the practice area, they don't really have that. The attached part where the weight room is and things like that, they'll keep that heated. But they're trying to make this as cold as they possibly can in the indoor facility for the players this week. Pretty interesting. My mom said, well, this will just be easy for the Chiefs. They have no weather in Seattle. I said, well, we have no weather here. And he's not taking them outside. They've not practiced in any cold weather yet this year. And by the way, it snowed in Seattle this week. This storm is massive. Everybody's getting this thing. Everybody's getting their worst weather. Spencer is flying from Phoenix to Sarasota, Florida for Christmas. Visiting family for the holiday. They said they're going to have a low of 21 in Phoenix. And the high on Christmas Day in Sarasota, Florida is going to be 48. This is everywhere. Everybody's getting this storm. So I don't think, listen, if there's an advantage in this game, you want to ask me my opinion? If there's an advantage to this weather, it's Seattle's advantage, and here's why. They're the lesser team. Anytime there are just dreadful playing conditions, the lesser team has an advantage. In my, I've always believed that. I've always believed it. It's just, I just believe it rings true. If the Chief, if, look, if it's 60 degrees and sunny on Saturday and a perfect turf, the Chiefs are going to rack up. Seattle's defense is so bad. 
Chiefs are going to rack up maybe 40 points in this game. I mean, Seattle's defense is epically awful. Bad defense, really bad. This would be the game where it didn't matter what the total is, you bet the over because the Chiefs are going to score 40. And if the total's 58, well, yeah, they'll give up 21 points playing prevent defense or just letting the game run out. This, the way this is, I mean, you could see a 13 to 10 game here. 17, 13, to me, like 24 to 14 sounds like a high scoring game. To me, that sounds like a lot of touchdowns in weather like this. We'll see. We'll have to see how hard the wind's blowing. That's a big factor. The wind will be a big factor, but they're talking about wind chills of zero for the game on Saturday. And for my money, that's bad news for the Chiefs. This is a game the Chiefs were going to win. You play on a normal day, they got this. They're going to beat Seattle. I've chalked this up for, as a win for a long time. Same thing with the Denver game. The one that has scared me is the Raider game. But this one has my attention now. This is a little scary. But watch for weird things all over the NFL. There's going to be so much bad weather in so many places on Saturday that I just like all bets are off here. There could be all kinds of weird things. And will there be a better team beat a lesser team? You know, 27 to three. Yeah, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Typically that's going to happen with a team like the chiefs that are in against some team that comes in like Denver next week that has no chance of doing anything. And they're just like, this is, this sucks. We're not into this today. Let's get back on the bus and go home. Back on the airplane and go home. The bus to the airplane to go home. But Seattle, they're fighting for survival. They're the wounded animal in the corner. They desperately need a victory. They can still make the playoffs. Their path is extremely narrow if they don't win this game. They will be thinking this is our chance. Let's go play them in crappy weather. Let's try to beat this team 13 to 10. Interesting. Interesting set of circumstances. Chiefs played uh, play seven on the Pro Bowl roster. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Tommy Townsend. The punter that can't get the laces right on the hold is in the Pro Bowl. But how shocked were you the Chiefs got three offensive linemen in the Pro Bowl, including Orlando Brown, who's been a punching bag this year for Chiefs fans. I'm not sure why, but he has been. I think Orlando Brown's been about four Pro Bowls. Remember, these are players basically voting, saying, I don't want to go up against Orlando Brown. Creed Humphrey's a stud and going to be for a long, long time. Joe Tooney made it as well from the Chiefs offensive line. They're deserving. But now folks in the NFL are saying maybe the, the single most deserving player to not make the Pro Bowl is Chiefs guard Trey Smith. The question is, is he having a better year than the other three offensive linemen who made the game? Well, it's not really a game. It's an exhibition. It's, it's not really an exhibition. It's a skills contest and touch football game. And it's, it's, there's no real Pro Bowl game anymore. Trey Smith is number four in the NFL in pass blocking win rate. That means when the Chiefs pass, if you've ever seen Mahomes under pressure, it ain't Trey Smith's guy. He is number four in the NFL. Now, let's say there's five linemen on every team. That's 160 linemen, uh, starters, 160 frontline starter guys. 160. Trey Smith is number four and did not make the Pro Bowl. Uh, I've, I've just heard for so many years from people, if you have the best offensive line, oh, if you have an offensive line, you're, you're going to be so good, you're going to win. 
Does it really feel like this Chiefs offensive line is that much better than the ones that aren't that great? I know we watched the offensive line stink against Tampa in the Super Bowl, but how much of that was the Chiefs standing in the pocket too long trying to throw the ball 40 yards downfield against a defense that wasn't going to allow that? That was poor game planning and no in-game adjustment. There was a lot wrong in that game. Chiefs have figured much of that out as teams adjusted to Patrick Mahomes and the style of offense the Chiefs had. If this line is that great, they ought to be able to line up and run the ball Saturday. That'd be a good thing. Let's see if they can hand it off and do this on a freezing cold day with Pacheco and McKinnon and company. Be very interesting to see. I know many of you were surprised Orlando Brown is in that game. LeBron James has taken heat from some people on social media. This dude is unbelievable. They go to Sac- the Lakers go to Sacramento. And they're getting ready, they're gonna play a game. And LeBron is the first one at the arena in the middle of the afternoon. He goes over and he starts shooting, and he's the only person in the arena. And he credits and thanks one of the team trainers for being there too, you know, because they go early and came out and thought, here's an interesting picture. Let's take this picture of LeBron. He's the only one in this arena right now. He's over here hours before his teammates, you know, making shots. And they take this picture. And it's a big wide-angle picture. And LeBron's out by the three-point line, but you can see much of the arena. And behind it up on the ribbon board, you know what the ribbon board is, right? It just said one word. It said Kings because they're playing at Sacramento. None of the commercial, the ads were not up. I mean, it's like the purest photo you've ever seen. It's empty seats. It's a arena that you can't really tell which one it is. There's no ads. There's nothing mucking, the, junking the thing up. Nothing. They scrub out the S in Kings. So the photo just says King, which is LeBron James' nickname. The whole thing was planned. This whole thing was planned. It looked like Nike or something set it up and said that we just got a gym and we took a picture of LeBron James with a sign up that says King. Practicing early. Only one here. The caption was, the man in the arena. He's getting blasted because fans can see right through it. It was pretty funny. Some of the memes on social media involved a Lakers logo that obviously starts with the L and then A-K-E-R-S. And a guy took a Sharpie and just scratched out the A-K-E-R-S to leave the L up. It just was comical as hell. The L for LeBron? That's really funny. That's really funny. I mean, people have just been clobbering this dude. And they should. It's amazing how great of a player LeBron James has been in his career and how little people like him. There is just a completely missing likability factor with LeBron James. There is nothing there. He is an empty suit. People don't really like him. He's made enemies everywhere he's been. Cleveland got mad at him for leaving. He's trying to run the Lakers and be the general manager, and they're not happy with him. It's it's remarkable somebody could be this great of a player and have so – look, there's all kinds of people that respect his basketball. I'm talking about liking him. There just aren't that many that really like him. They They love his game. They respect his game. But liking LeBron James is a very – Very hard thing to do. Very hard. Liking Cross Kitchens is easy. Uh, Plan a date with Tim Cross at your house sometime in January, February to sit down and say, hey, listen, we'd like to do something with our home. We're not moving. The housing market is screeching to a halt. 
We'd like to remodel here. Just get some new countertops, freshen up our kitchen. What can you do for us? CrossKitchensKC.com. 816-898-7047. Family owned and operated in Belton, Missouri. Tim Cross is on every single job. CrossKitchensKC.com. Advantage Termite and Pest Control online at AdvantageTPC.com. Call Advantage and schedule your service for next year with a new company. These are great people, really great people who I, I've, I would never even consider anyone else for my pest control. We've had them for over 20 years, and it just so happens we sync up, you know, with the way we view the world and that sort of thing. But that's not surprising. Our service has been so good for so long, we had to know that this was the way everyone is. You want to do business with somebody you have something in common with? Doesn't matter where you live in the Kansas City area. Advantage Termite and Pest Control has you covered. 913-768-8989. And Advanced Medical Imaging online at medimageks.com. They also have a family practice there. And I went and got my annual physical there yesterday with uh, Dr. Short, my new doctor. He was just terrific. And I think I'm doing okay. My blood pressure was a little high for the first time. I don't know why. Blood pressure's never, ever, ever once been high. It was a little high, so we're going to figure that out. Uh, but I digress. He asked me, you know, about my heart or, you know, whatever. You have any heart problems? I said, no, I got the heart scan right next door, advanced medical imaging. And he's like, oh, great. Okay, I'll get that information from them. I said, well, I can give it to you. My plaque score was zero. He goes, oh, that's awesome. That's great. For an old duck like you, Kev, that is awesome. They're online at medimageks.com. That heart scan is, man, that was the best money we spent all year this year. You want a little peace of mind? Uh, go get the heart scan done online at medimageks.com. Of course, they do MRIs and CT scans as well. Medimageks.com. The New York Mets are setting um, all kinds of records with spending in Major League Baseball. This is not sustainable. Major League Baseball is going to crack and break if this continues. It's getting worse. We had a good 20-year period here where there were luxury taxes and revenue sharing and some different things going on where we've seen a lot of smaller market teams do very well, including the top of that list, the Royals winning a World Series in 2015. Not very often does a small payroll team make it, but more small payroll teams have been competitive over the last 15 years or so than the previous 15 or 20 years. But it's getting blown out the door now. They're going to they're gonna have to rethink this sport somehow, and I don't know what it is. The only thing I can think of is a salary cap. And the only way to get a salary cap is a salary floor. And I think they're going to have to figure that out. And they might have to use the football model and just say, look, our salary cap is going to be predicated on, we're going to give you boys 50% of the revenue. Basically, the NFL gives the players 50% of the revenue. And that's what the salary cap is. And I don't know why they can't get together in baseball and say, this is what it's going to be. And then know that every team will get as close to that cap as possible or just put a floor 20 million below it and say, when you are rebuilding or you have young players, you know, we can go 20 million below it, but whatever. The Mets have spent $807 million in free agency this offseason. I'm going to repeat that for you. Steve Cohen is the hedge fund guy who owns the team. He's obviously a multi billionaire. The New York Mets have spent $807 million in free agency this offseason. The all-time record payroll in Major League Baseball has been below $350 million, which is still outrageous. The Mets 
have a chance to go over a half a billion dollars this year, 500 million. They will spend at least at this point, 384 million on payroll and 111 million in luxury taxes. So Steve Cohen says, I don't care what you tax me. I'm putting my team together and I'm going to spend it. The New York Mets currently at $111 million in luxury tax will pay more in luxury tax than the Kansas City Royals will pay in payroll. The New York Mets $111 million in luxury tax is more than 10 Major League Baseball teams' payrolls. This is not sustainable. The Royals are going to be under $100 million and the Mets are going to be $500 million. You can't compete. I'm sorry. We can sit here and complain all day long about the Royals. This has got to get fixed. They've got to fix this. And part of fixing this is keeping the Mets down. It's not about bringing everyone else up, although I'm fine with it. If we say, look, we're going to share revenues here and everybody's going to spend at least $150 million, I'm cool with that. But we got to cap this stuff off at $200 million and say, look, everybody's going to be kind of in the same ballpark. Baseball is broken again. We had about a 15-year period where it was pretty good. The result of the Trump years of presidency was billionaires made billions more. They have more and more than they've ever had. The stock market went bonkers. They made lots and lots and lots and lots of money. They also made lots and lots and lots of money off COVID. We know the rich got richer during COVID. We know what this is. These hedge fund managers crushed it. Everybody did. And he clearly doesn't care about the downturns in the markets this year. That's just business, by the way, is the markets. Because in a downturn this year where the, all the markets are down for the, the calendar year, which I've never really understood looking at calendar year, but that's what they do. Calendar year, it's down. This guy doesn't care. $807 million he's committed this offseason to free agents. That is outrageous. That is not sustainable. we got to fix that in Major League Baseball. Folks, be careful. Do not go outside unless you have to. Just be careful in this bitter, brutal, cold weather. It will pass. Snow and wind and stuff will pass here shortly, and we'll get to our holiday weekend, and that will be wonderful. In the meantime, thank you for listening to KKHI. Please tell your friends this holiday season about the podcast. Tell them to give it a listen if they can. If they say, I don't know how to listen to a podcast, show them how. Grab their iPhone and show them how to do it. Appreciate any help you can do in spreading the word that Kevin Keatsman has issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. Woo-hoo!